Hello and welcome to Ideas Matter, the podcast from the BOI educational charity that explores the important ideas and intellectual trends shaping the world today. This is the first podcast in our new series on race and racism, the theme of our recent Academy Online event. In this episode, we feature Jacob Reynolds, who, along with Dr. James Panton, was the co-convener of the Academy Online. Jacob reflects briefly on the return of race to the forefront of politics and sets the scene for the series of talks that will follow, which explore the intellectual history and latest cultural trends that inform the new discussion on race and racism. My name's Jacob Reynolds. I'm the external uh, affairs manager here at the BOI charity and one of the conveners of the academy. The Academy, this event which we now moved online, but it was launched in 2011 as a modest attempt to demonstrate university as it should be, or as we think it should be. Held annually, it's a weekend of lectures and discussions and has been an opportunity for intellectually curious people to take a step back from the maelstrom of contemporary politics and try and understand the key intellectual, social, historical trends that are shaping the present. More than that, it's been a place for people to cultivate themselves for education's own sake in good company and with uh, good books. This year's Academy um, has, for obvious and omnipresent reasons, not taken place in person. But along with my colleagues at the BOI charity, we've been determined to do what we can do to ensure that Intellectual life, as we say, doesn't join physical life in getting locked down. We'd always prefer to be with you all in the flesh, but this year we've taken the Academy online. Some of you will have joined us uh, at our first online event on the 20th of June on psychology and democracy. Uh, For those of you who didn't, and indeed for those of you who did, I hope that today we'll once again prove that we can be intellectually rigorous and can try and get a handle on the present even when uh, we're online. So until we can get back again to real physical events and we really can't wait to hold a real academy in the flesh, um, we think we all have an obligation to try and take ourselves that extra bit seriously so that when normality does return, we're ready to understand that changed world better and maybe to change it for the better too. Because what we've seen over the last year, without the hustle and bustle of the normal public sphere and of normal life, political trends that maybe seemed kind of marginal have exploded. Slogans and demands previously confined to uh, obscure corners of academia, from defund the police to silence his violence, from uh, white fragility to white privilege, from critical race theory, all the rest of it. These have become uh, a part of everyday political discourse. Uh, There's a widespread sense that whatever, and this is what we'll be digging into today, there's a widespread sense that whatever achievements have been made historically in the fight against racism, our societies, their cultures, artworks, buildings, statues, books, uh, laws, leaders, heroes, that all of this is essentially and maybe even irreparably racist. Racism is now seen not just as something people do to each other, but latent, much like the coronavirus, in the breath of our words and spread around by our actions, lurking in our transportation systems and embedded in our housing. In other words, passed on and perpetuated systematically 
by our lives and institutions. Now, it should go without saying that society uh, is still blighted by racism, even if people experience it in different ways in different circumstances. But one of the questions we want to ask today is why this focus on racism and why now? A uh, related question is whether and to what extent uh, today's understanding of race and racial identity, does this differ from earlier anti-racist struggles? Um, the vocabulary that we use today that I alluded to earlier, I mean, that might seem new, but obviously it doesn't emerge from nowhere. So another question for today is therefore, uh, what in the social and political and historical situation today makes certain understandings of racism more prevalent or more natural than others? Now, one clue, I think, is provided by James Baldwin in one of the texts that we've recommended in the readings for, for today. As with all these books and articles, you don't need to have read them cover to cover to understand the lectures today or anything like that. But we do hope that if you haven't read them uh, already, then today we'll provide the context and the stimulus to maybe go and examine some of them. Uh, as I've just mentioned, of course, the ideas that shape today have not come out of thin air and a key part of the academy has always been the belief that by going back and uh, reading and challenging the sort of most interesting contributions made to these topics across history that we can maybe understand today a little bit better. Anyway, back to James Baldwin. After chronicling throughout the book, the struggles of black men and women in 20th century America, Towards the end of this book, Notes of a Native Son, he begins reflecting on the curious resemblance between the struggle of the black man and the struggle uh, or the defining struggle of America itself. In challenging the racism of the country of his birth, Baldwin says, the black man is not, and I'll quote him, is not seeking to forth forfeit his birthright. On the contrary, it is precisely this birthright which he is struggling to recognize and make articulate. Perhaps it now occurs to him that in his need to establish himself in relation to his past, he is most American, and that this depthless alienation from oneself and from one's people is, in some, the American experience. What, Baldwin asks, what was American history other than, again, the quote, the history of the total and willing alienation of entire peoples from their forebears? So from the pilgrims setting sail to new lands to the nameless thousands of immigrants seeking a new life, America was made by a break with history, a break that Baldwin suggests is not uh, entirely dissimilar to the break that many black people faced when brutally transported from Africa to the colonies. This similarity, noted also by contemporary scholars such as Paul Gilroy, is perhaps what makes the legacy of racism so difficult to disentangle and so uh, easy and natural return to in contemporary American politics. And without, to use the word, without appropriating this legacy, I would suggest that some of this comparison that Baldwin makes applies more broadly. In countries right across the Western world and beyond, we seem to see uh, in the hesitancy of traditional institutions, in the moral uncertainty that pervades everyday life, uh, the difficulty that traditional authorities have in being taken seriously. Do we not see some of this same total alienation of people from their forebears that uh, Baldwin spoke of? What Baldwin calls the American experience, 
characterized by globalization, the ascendancy of money being cut off from the past, that's become perhaps the Western experience and maybe even the global experience, all increasingly alienated from our past and using perhaps at times unconsciously the model of, uh, of Americans who at least have been struggling with that problem for longer than the rest of us. Um, maybe we arrive at the legacy of race as perhaps the only undoubtable historical truth, the incontestable original sin. Uh, we seek then to press from that strange fruit all of the bitter juice we can. And Baldwin's counter to that line of thinking, that pessimism, is, I think, very instructive. Rather than bemoaning the lack of justice in the past, he says, the truth about the past is not that it is too brief or too superficial, but only that we, having turned our faces so resolutely away from it, have never demanded from it what it has to give. In various ways today, I hope then we, that we can start to demand from the past what it has to give. We'll do this by taking seriously the intellectual, social and cultural and political history. We'll kick off in a minute with uh, Dr. Alka-Siegel Cuthbert, who'll be discussing historical racism and the new language of racialization. Uh, you'll then have a choice of four lectures and discussions to attend that range across history and uh, film and culture. Uh, you can either join Cheryl Hudson uh, to discuss race riots 1919 to 1992, the First World War to the Culture War. You can join Kunli Alude to uh, discuss D.W. Uh, Griffith's film, The Birth of a Nation. You can join Brendan O'Neill to discuss uh, W.B. Du Bois' The Souls of Black Folk. Or you can join uh, Nicholas Kinlock to uh, discuss the use and abuse of the legacy of the civil rights movement. Then, uh, Inaya Falara Niman and Frank Frady will each give a short lecture on the topic, the new elite and the institutionalization of identity. You've been listening to Jacob Reynolds, one of the conveners of the Academy Online, give the introductory outline to a series of podcasts on race and racism. We'll return with a full-length lecture by Dr. Alka Segal Cuthbert, who'll be reflecting on historical racism and the new language of racialization. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, then do subscribe to this Ideas Matter podcast on your favourite feed. And for more details of the event and a series of recommended readings to help you explore the themes in greater depth, have a look at the accompanying notes to this podcast or visit the Academy at our website, theboi.co.uk. Finally, if you're able to give a financial donation to support the production of this podcast or any of the BOI charities' projects, then again, head over to our website and hit the donate button. Thanks. Thanks.